We're back! We're back! Great bouncing icebergs! It's the distraction! I'm Drew! That's Roth! How you doing, Roth? Pretty good. That's cool that you got a Burl Ives voice into this already. <laughs> That's great. Every year I shine up my jingle bells for eight lucky reindeer. God <laughs> damn it. That's Kelsey McKinney. She's our guest. Kelsey is the host of Normal Gossip, only the biggest and hottest uh, podcast on the planet. But now she's uh, she's slumming it by joining us for our final podcast of the year. How are you doing, Kels? I'm doing good. I'm thrilled to be here for your final podcast of the year. I was doing my best to stay quiet for the whole intro, but you know, you got me. It's hard. We you have like three different Christmas voices over the course of one minute. You just, you're supposed it's, to respond. It's a lot. I love art. i haven't watched rudolph yet i i haven't memorized because i've seen it 500 times and i thought we'd saved it on the dvr we didn't you have to pay like 10 bucks on like amazon to get it now but i will i will almost certainly pay that and say to my family like hey let's watch it let's watch santa be a racist and they'll be like they'll be like no we don't we don't give a fuck and i'll be like fine (laughs) i'll watch it myself and i'll watch it for 10 minutes well, stoned off my ass, and then I'll turn it off, and it'll have been worth. What I'm every hearing is that you're going to take a ten dollar bill and light it on fire. Yeah. That's what I what I heard. It, it's really it's the thought that counts, Kelsey. It's very mature that you're not going to be like, I paid ten dollars for this claymation feature that was made when like Harry Truman was president, and you're going to watch it with me. I uh, I quote it all December long. Like, I just go into the kitchen, and I'm like, I'm busy, Mama. It's almost Christmas. <laughs> I don't know. This may be, like, something that the two of you don't know about, but there is a famous, um, do you know who Camila Cabello is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, that was part of uh, when we played trivia the other night. She's yeah. the no, dude. that was Camila yeah. Mendes. That was Camila Mendes. I was going to say, she's the dude. Close. She's not dude. She's married to Sean Mendes, or, like, goes out with him, or, or used they to. They broke up, but yes. Very um, sad. I think so. But there's a famous, a newly famous clip of her from like several years ago where she's singing, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. But instead of singing Christmas, she goes, Quismos. <laughs> and it's like the only thing I've been saying like all month. Like a, like a boy <laughs> in kindergarten? Like that? It's, I like can't, it's like if you were to spell it, it would be like Q. U I S M O S. It's that's <laughs> terrific though, because that's it's like a beautiful. whole. That's the end of like a certain type of singing that I guess you could kind of pin on American Idol, like that style, where you're just doing like weird Mariah Carey yes. style runs, but they're not good. Like you're just kind of you know running up and down a staircase, but you've got rollerblades on that sort of feel. <laughs> Yeah, quiz so that's Wiss the one I've is... been tormenting my house with. It's just saying quiz moss. Oh, <laughs> that's the uh, the big Christmas controversy that I am facing. I'm going to be oh. leaving for Maine uh, shortly after we record. There's no Christmas tree in the house yet. My <gasps> father-in-law told my wife that he believes that he's allergic to the furs, which is a thing that happens. And you know, every year when they bring it in and they bring that it is, out, he's that is such an old person move to like diagnose new allergies for yourself. Yeah. He's like 71. And he's yeah. like, I think I've put my finger on it, but <laughs> she's like, I'm all right, allergic well, we'll... to the Christmas tree. And my opinion is suck it up. Yeah. Get a drill every day. So, it's Christmas. <laughs> and that is the argument that my wife wants to make to her dad. Uh, she has not done it. And his counter argument, which he's proven kind of weirdly stubborn to stick by is there's nothing that says that a Christmas tree has to be this kind of tree. What if we just went out into the woods behind our house and we found a birch that was small and we like cut a fucking it down. tree tree, like a tree tree, like what? a normal tree, like a deciduous tree. And like... Kate has, oh my gosh, I keep saying her name. All right. <laughs> so, and she has said to him, uh, like, I'm not sure that ornaments would stay on this tree. There's just no evidence. No one has ever had this idea before. And <laughs> and as far as I know right now, the plan is for shortly after I arrive, if the sun is still up, we're just going to go into the woods behind their house and look for a tree of a different I... kind and think about whether maybe we would want to cut it down and put it in their home. A shrubbery! <laughs> it's basically... He's very set on it, so I feel like there's definitely a chance that this is just a, a leaking maple sapling with a little angel I, on top. 
at my like Thanksgiving this year, someone brought a bunch of little like cut out um, like maple leaves out of paper. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they were like, we're going to make a Thanksgiving tree. Everyone go outside and like find a stick and bring it back inside and put it inside this vase what? and we'll like write what we're thankful for on the leaves and hang them on these sticks. And like, sure, it was very cute, but like I think that's what you're talking about is like, why not just gather some sticks at that point? Like, yeah. why do you need to cut down a birch tree? Also, like, I don't want crafts forcing me at Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, you do that at Christmas. When you're my mom, I think I think I was in college and my mom was like, Oh, we won't do a tree this year. I found a lovely poinsettia, and we'll just put the presents under that and i was like fuck you mom we're getting a goddamn tree yeah and she's like well you'll you'll have to put it up and i was like gladly i gotta get a fucking seems like there's a lot of a lot of shirking going around in the parental community around yeah. Christmas time. none of these parents they're not gonna make the sleigh team with this attitude so no yeah so true uh anyway we should probably uh we were going to talk about sports but it's our our last podcast of the year and so we're gonna do like a a little, little year in personal review with Kelsey and with Roth. So, uh, wow. Kelsey, I'm going to ask you the question uh, first, and then I'll ask Roth. How'd you like 2022? Okay. Was it good? Bad? Properly uh, rated? Tell me on a personal level. World news. Wow. We know we know what happened in the world. Yeah. Um, actually, I think this was a pretty good year for me, which is like, I'm terrified to say that in the like fear that something bad will happen in the next seven days. But <laughs> I like came into this year thinking that it was like a ripe field for failure in that we like launched the podcast like the second week of the year the first week of the year and I was kind of like oh we've already put all this time into it and it might not do well and then I'll have spent all of this time on this thing that no one wants um and then it just didn't and, do and did that. that happen I haven't followed the podcast um, yeah, yeah. Well. what, yeah, what no. is this podcast so called that, that didn't happen actually it kind of like got completely out of my control very rapidly um which is beautiful and nice so I think yeah this was like maybe the best professional year of my life I've ever had which is you know after eight not great ones it's pretty good did, I like that can yeah. I ask you and uh, this sounds counterintuitive but how how have you been handling that success has it thrown you a little bit yeah a little i think i like have realized recently that my favorite um not to do my entire therapy um tight 45 here you should. but i think something about getting one, in the zoom window just makes brings yeah, it out of me yeah. too so. <laughs> exactly it's like my impulses are like ah oh, it's therapy time um no, I think I've had to stop making all of my my classic jokes, which are like, how's your job? And I'm like, haha, I want to die. Like, I've had to stop doing that because <laughs> now it's like, oh, my job is good. Like, that's... What what huh. a shame you can't hate your job anymore. <laughs> yeah. A terrible, terrible moment. So for- it's been a little bit of an adjustment. Yeah, but I'm going to survive, I think. We'll see. We talked about this with Tom a little bit and that I think it's important I mean, I've struggled with this too. I don't have mm-hmm. a uh, you know rocket ship successful podcast like you. I just got a humble, normal, good podcast <laughs> listened to entirely by perverts. The Lunch Pail uh, Podcast. That's right. But I think that what we talked about with Tom was that it's still work. Like when people ask yeah. you how you're doing, like professionally, you can have a very good year. Like I think our situation as a team at Defector is certainly better than anything I've ever had before. Yeah, and. I still wake up most weekdays being like, this fucking shit. Are you serious? Yeah. Ugh. I bet some sports happen and they're going to ask me to write about it. And that's just, you know, like, that's working. Like, if I had, you know, if any of us had our way, we'd be out uh, looking for birch saplings to cut down and bring into our home. And instead, we have to be out here on our grind. Um, it's good that you're able to to keep it in perspective yeah. in a way that, that lets you be happy. I've been trying to do that and it's not... You know, you build up these habits of self-effacement or just grumpiness and reaction. And then at some point you realize they don't fit anymore. And it's the only thing you really have in your closet. I feel like you and I have talked about this before that our like impulses to be like, oh, work sucks. I hate it. And then sometimes you have to be like, but today I'm just like doing this stupid shit that I think is fun. So like maybe I should pump the brakes. Right. (laughs) I've had that a number of times where it's, you know, I'm doing something. I'm a little grumpy about it. And then like the thought will go through my head still like it beats working and it does like it's still yeah. it's just also that's what working is now yeah if my if my like main beef with work is like if i see one more ironic lol in slack i'm gonna fucking kill everybody like <laughs> yeah. that's not really all that big of a deal i yeah. i went 
uh, to Kelsey's live show um, a couple weeks ago here in D.C. It was a live edition of Normal Gossip, and it it was packed. There were 750 people in the crowd. It killed. Everyone was dying laughing, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm like, this is a TV show, and I I DM <laughs> Kelsey. I'm like, I'm like. Kelsey, this is a fucking TV show. You should go to LA and do it live and invite all the industry players there. You guys should be, you're going to be rich and famous. And she's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Who <laughs> do not say these things to me. <laughs> like, don't you want to, I mean, don't you want to be insanely irresponsibly rich and have everyone know no. exactly who you are everywhere you go? And Kelsey was like, no, um, no, no. Yeah, I feel no. like it would be, you should uh, try to, whatever Drew Barrymore's show is, which I know only through viral clips where it's like someone holds <laughs> up a stuffed animal and she cries for teen, like 10 minutes. That's, <laughs> you don't really want that. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody no. really wants that. Yeah. Everyone in Hollywood works way more than I would like to work, which is like three days a week. That's they, my my goal. Yeah, <laughs> they work too much in all freelance, so I don't really like any, yeah. any part of that. Uh, no what good. was the best thing that happened to you personally? This year, Kelsey. Oh, wow. The best thing um, personally, outside of work. I think actually the best thing that happened to me personally is that I moved to Philadelphia this year. No um, one has ever said was, that, but that is awesome. Yeah, well, I'm going to say it. Um, you know, we were in a like pretty small apartment for eight years. Um, and now like I am in my own office where I do my podcasts and like I have my own space and it's just been very nice. Is it a house? A, like, yes, I have like a house now, which is very adult. Um, between that and sending a Christmas card, I'm going to die of old age at any moment. <laughs> I, I got your Christmas card. It was very nice. We're, when you get old is when you get to the point where you're like, I don't have the energy to send the Christmas card. Like that's, <laughs> that's the stage that my wife and I have reached where we're like, oh, fuck, the kids won't stay still for a fucking photo. Putting nice shirts on is too fucking hard. You should just do that shit. copy and paste filter that the iPhones have now and just copy and paste a photo of each of your individual <laughs> children. <laughs> like, like a hideously cobbled together yeah. team photo. I think that's yeah, a good idea. in front of like a stock photo of the Eiffel Tower. Or some that's shit like the uh, like, that's like the that's like the Google Pixel ad where it's like take photos yes. and and erase strangers from your photos instantly as if they never existed, as if they died. <laughs> Isn't yeah. that great? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds yeah. wonderful. Oh yeah, so when you moved into the house with your husband, mm -hmm. did it improve your both of your your relationship with one another because you had more space to fuck off to. No, I mean I we did pretty well in the apartment. Like I know that that's not true for everyone. Like we liked living in the apartment, even though it was small. Um, I think the biggest difference was just that like we're both kind of like we like to have a project, and we had run out of space to have projects in our apartment. Like I had painted every wall like four times, so it was like there's nothing left to do here. Yeah, you like so projects, you get a like, house. This. Yeah, exactly. So now we have a lot of projects to do, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. it's a good hobby. The only other hobby we share besides eating out. Roth, <laughs> uh, what was the best thing that happened to you personally this year? I mean, I think it's just sort of, we made a later re-entry to the world of doing things than I think a lot of people did. Uh, you know, that for when we got our, our second doses, we were back out there and then things got bad. And around this time last yeah. year, you know, Kate, I, oh my gosh, around this time last year, my wife and I were both you know, had COVID and like were bummed about it. And mm -hmm. I think in 2022, we did succeed in uh, going on vacation together in a way that didn't involve going to a large house where people we were related to were like yeah, yeah. stuff right. that we do for fun. And then we go and eat the food that we like to do and do the things that we like to do. And I think that feeling of kind of coming back into the world, it's not exactly like we made any big steps forward, like not just in terms mm -hmm. of, I mean, we really hardly changed anything. I was thinking about this when Kelsey was talking about her home and the, you know, work of it that if I look up, there's a huge crack in the paint above, <laughs> in the, above me on the ceiling and it gets bigger every single day, like a metaphor and a bad short story. And I'm I'm not fixing it. I'm waiting for it to fall on my head during a podcast recording. So I think that'll be a classic bit. But it is everything is kind this of is called foreshadowing. Yes, what he's doing is, now. Right? This yeah. is uh, <laughs> Chekhov's flaking paint. But there's a sense to me of not of things deteriorating, but of things sort of staying the same, which is fine. Mm -hmm. We are we're happy 
and you know we are happy with our life together and yet like i missed you know my friends and i miss the world and i've been yeah. very happy to be able to get back out and and feel like i'm more or less back in it um back in it's the still game hard. yeah and also <laughs> i think it also is like i fell out of out of shape to a certain extent in some of this and i had you know friends that i care about that also don't have kids, also live in the city that like we theoretically could be seeing all the time and we just hadn't. Yeah. And I think for for 18 months or whatever, it was because like, well, we don't want to make them sick and we don't, they don't want to make us sick and whatever. And now it's just like, we're acting like they live in fucking Minneapolis and <laughs> they live in Fort Greene. So we yeah. need to figure out, I think, but you know, this is, it's a process. I feel That's like we're, 40s, we're getting baby. back on the road there. That yeah. is, You're that... re-entering. Yeah. <laughs> What is, is that so true? That's been your, you were saying like that's your like experience of the 40s is that at some point you're just kind of like, uh, no, I think I'm going to watch TV. Yeah, I spent, if you listen to this podcast, I spent a lot of this year earlier being like, oh, I don't get out enough. You know, have I made enough friends mm -hmm. where I live? Am I actually lonely? And then, you know, for the past <laughs> couple of months, I've been like, no, I'm actually kind of good. Like I'm, I'm yeah. fine. Like this That's is great. I got no problems. Like I've gone out with my family. I get out on the bike. That's easily the best thing that happened to mm -hmm. me this year. I was going to say the bicycle of, seems like it's rewired yeah. your whole shit. Yeah, because like I've had, uh, I've had. This sounds really sort of pedantic, or no, not pedantic. That's the wrong word. It, it sounds really shallow and stupid. But I've had like three significant body change years in my life. One yeah. was 1996. I lost 80 pounds. One was 2010. I lost 60 pounds. In 2018, I lost like 40 pounds, but that doesn't count because I was in a coma. Right. <laughs> if, you're not, if, you're not, if you're not awake for it, I don't think that it counts. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I went back up to my, my weight anyway after I, after I got better. Um, but, you know, this is the year where I... You know, I, I started counting calories and I started riding the bike for pleasure. And, and I just ended up being someone who lived a healthy lifestyle, not because they wanted to not you know, like, usually you do it. Yeah. Usually you do it because it, there's a, there's a, it's a means to an end. You're, you're going to look better. You're going to get laid more. Everyone's, you're going to, you're yeah. not going to feel gross every time you try on pants at the fucking gap or whatever, all that shit. I mean, I think just to like brag on you for a second, though, I think that that's like the biggest change I've seen when you're talking about the bike is that like you used to be really like negative in your approach to like exercise and dieting or whatever in that you were like, I don't like this thing about myself that I want to change. Right. And it feels like with the bike, you're like, I like riding the bike. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. It's so it's much more positive. It's it's a healthy lifestyle for a healthy lifestyle's sake. And mm -hmm. like it's I'm enjoying the process of being healthy, which I have not done yeah. for really look at us wow hey, look at us but look i function look at us let's let's do the pivot let's do <laughs> medium the, let's do the bleak, <laughs> let's do the bleak form pivot with you two what oh, is the worst yeah. thing that happened to either of you this year roth you can go first well i had invested all of my money uh with ftx i saw a commercial <laughs> during the super bowl that changed me matt damon said look asshole do you want to win or not? <laughs> and I was like, I think I do, Matt Damon. I want to get rich. And I want to. I want to be like you. I want to walk through a set in a commercial. <laughs> I don't know what is the worst thing that happened to me in 2022. Uh, did you get COVID again? No, not, not yet. Uh, but I did. There's some some stuff. Uh, a, a really dear friend. Uh, some people in my family have had sort of health stuff. I've just had a lot of extra shit on my mind and thankfully so far all of it seems to more or less be resolving but uh, there's been more intimations of mortality in the monitors than i would uh have chosen frankly but again it's all sort of i'm tr trying to take it not as you know a signal from a deity that is very concerned with what i do on wednesday nights i don't believe in that particular deity but mm -hmm. i'm trying to see all of this as a reminder that the people in my life are what make it important and I, I need to be closer to them and I need to be, you know, more active, a participant in my own life. And it's some of this stuff really threw a scare into me and uh, not in the sense that I'm going to start riding a bike. New York City is a really scary place to ride a bike in. <laughs> but right, 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 right. but in the bike. sense that I think I need to sort of just continue to get back out and into my life because like as happy as I sort of am you know, mm -hmm. with my 
wife and my online friends and my work and so on. Like, Ceiling that's not, crack. yeah, it's not the same. So I think that's the, uh, I don't know. So yeah, there was some stuff that scared me in 2022. I've had some similar stuff like that. We had a friend, um, she had to move because her, her husband had died tragically in 2021. And so we sort of lost a friend. We, we've had other friends get cancer. We had another friend get uh, sick and die. And it's, I think it's a very yeah. standard late middle-aged thing to have friends get sick and die and act like as if you're 22 and that's like a new thing to you. Like, I can't believe like people, people's health is deteriorating as I grow, as my, as I grow into old age <laughs> and I'm going to become a senior citizen in like 15 years. Wow. Well, what all, a shock. This is all, I think this is like the challenge with self-conception. I don't think that I'm 22, but I think I kind of think I'm 29. Yeah. And, and that I'm not, you know, but anyway, that's Kelsey, the lie age. My great wife stuff gives. for you to look forward to. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I feel similarly. I don't want to like get into it super deeply on this public podcast, but I, I had like some of my own, like first big grief experiences this year and like didn't do great with them. And like, I think that that's, that's part of growing up in some ways. It's yeah. also just part of like figuring out your shit, but it sucks. And like, I don't look forward to it happening more. <laughs> Seems bad. Yeah. Well, then no. l- let's uh, let's pivot back to goodness. And I'm going to ask you, Kelsey, <laughs> who was your favorite sports person this year? Your favorite? Oh, sports my person. beautiful and terrible son, Alec Bohm, was my favorite sports person um, of 2022. <laughs> uh, he plays third base for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, not well, um, but he did very well in the playoffs. So I was um, very proud of him. And I like I wrote about this on the site, right? I wrote about like the best thing you can do for yourself in a big, any kind of big game is like pick a terrible son and decide to love him no matter how bad he is. Wonderful blog. That is, that's a good approach. And it's fun. And I like got, you know, the Phillies were in the world series. I got very drunk at a bar and I was like, everyone needs to adopt a son right now. (laughs) And nobody knew what I was talking about. And I was like, if we don't all adopt members of the Philadelphia Phillies, they will lose. It's a good thing you explained that because they might have meant adopt a son literally. Yeah. And I still think, you know, one of the sons on the Philadelphia Phillies did not get adopted. And I still think that that's the reason they didn't win the World Series. So <laughs> I vowed to be better next year. Um, but I am proud of my you have, terrible and beautiful son. So Trey Turner was kind of an estranged son of yours from mm-hmm. your Nationals period. And yeah, now he left me. He's coming but, home, though. So yeah, this, this is, is huge wonderful. news for me because it's like I have my misbehaved um, teenage son, Alec Bohm, and then I have my like adult son who got married, Trey Turner. Um, <laughs> and now Trey Turner is returning to me at the Philadelphia Phillies, and I'm hoping that he can teach my high school son, Alec Bohm, how to field grounders. Right, and right. then how we can all cool live slides. in harmony. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that's nice. Uh, Rolf, yeah. who is your favorite sports person? I mean... I, so I recently filed my essay on the New York Mets for the Baseball Prospectus Annual. Which oh, I've heard that. Um, yeah, it's the first time they had always given me bad teams, uh, like sort of as a <laughs> gag, I think, just to be like, let's see how upset he can get. And I have like it is an unbroken string of teams that would have infuriated me. The only one of them that was any good is the Rays and the Rays are a team that infuriates me. So. <laughs> they this year they gave me the Mets uh, down the stretch of the season when they still looked like a team that could win the World Series and that did not happen um, and obviously it's been a, a sort of a roller coaster for them uh, shortly before we started recording they signed Carlos Correa to play third base a position he does mm-hmm. not play stolen so, from he, the Giants wow I think that's, that's good yeah I think it's neat <laughs> personally I'm gonna be honest with you cards on the table I think it's neat. Roth, can I ask but. you something though? Didn't he, didn't he have problems with his physical with the Giants? Like, did you just sign a guy who's hurt? Well, that's not something the Mets would do, Drew. That's stupid. <laughs> you have no idea how stupid you sound when you say things like that. Um, yeah, he did. But as someone who one of my very first sons as a child, can children adopt sons? Yes. Um, one of my <laughs> first sons as a child was Gabe Kapler, um, and my knowledge of him as a person leads me to believe that it's highly possible that. He failed. Correa failed that physical because Gabe Kapler was like, "You don't drink seed oil right. enough. No. Therefore, you <laughs> can't be <point>. here." <laughs> like they did the marshmallow test, but with like an ice cream yeah, cone. Exactly. And the second that Carlos Correa made a move to lick it, he's like, "Get this they were fucking like, guy out. out of my clubhouse." <laughs> we uh, we yeah, have so to take a break. But I want to ask you let guys. Me answer, let me answer the question though. Oh yeah, the oh. guy. 
All right. Your favorite guy. So in the course of writing my essay, which I filed hilariously at three o'clock in the morning, a couple days before the Mets completely upended their roster with a new third baseman, I watched the video of Jacob deGrom warming up before his first game back at City Field. And DeGrom has moved on. He's with the Rangers now. Uh, and I think, you know, there's been some kind of hilarious hatchet jobs in the New York tabloids about what a, a rude and peremptory man he was, which I think everybody knew that he was. A lot of your ace pitchers are. But the him coming back uh, after this long and like even by Mets standards, very mysterious time away. Like, I still felt some feelings watching that video, which was shot in a very unadorned way. They just didn't go to commercial break and had a cameraman stand behind the mound and watch him take his warm-up pitches. And the experience of watching DeGrom this year and sort of worrying more than I'm used to, uh, even about the Mets in the process of doing it, was one of the more uneasy, but I think also profound experiences of caring about sports that I've had in my life. And... You know, I think I'm looking forward to watching Justin Verlander next year. I'm, you know, wish Jacob DeGrom well in all his endeavors and stuff. But I think that I'm glad I don't have to do that again. It was kind of like taking a toll on me. <laughs> so it, uh, I don't know. I'm happy I had that experience and I'm happy that I got to watch him. But also, like, maybe I can take it easier now. Mm. Uh, my answer is you. pretty obvious. It's Justin Jefferson. Cork. But if I'm, of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> but if I'm, if I'm being honest with myself, and and I'm being oh, no. honest with the audience. It's a little bit Kirk. It's a it's little, a little bit. bit. He loves Cork. He believes a little in bit Kirk. Kirk. It's a little because because like Kevin O'Connell turned him into a quarterback who actually like mm-hmm. does important shit and like is it like all right here's the deal with as Kirk. opposed to an AI that Kirk, makes the most efficient throw every time. <laughs> yeah, Kirk essentially was basically for the entirety of his career was a guy who trusted his methods more than himself, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It was always, okay, yeah. if I do everything by the book, everything will come out well. And that's how he gets, you know, all these, he gets a big fat salary, gets incredible numbers, never wins a fucking thing. This year, his yeah. coach said to him, look, you have Justin Jefferson, just throw the ball to fucking Jeff and Justin Jefferson. And that's what Kirk has done. And fuck, it is great. It's so <laughs> much fun. I love it. And that is absolutely as far as I'll take it. Until they win the Super Bowl, and then I can just be a complete dickhead yeah. about it. There's going to be a whole – if you like Drew's famous we're back, we're back tone, if the Vikings win the Super Bowl, his entire half of the podcast after that is going to sound like that. It's yeah, going to be yeah. in that register. I, I texted Roth after the comeback this weekend. I was like, you have no idea how obnoxious I want to be about this team. Just – so like I'm already obnoxious and insufferable about them already. Like it's clear as day. Like everyone in the comments on on the post will be like, "Drew, you're already so annoying about the Vikings." Trust me, it's not even. It's a, a thousandth of how obnoxious like a I can perfect get. Perfect threat. You're like, I will make it worse. Yeah, right. Like I will become worse. Like you know how many gifts I've been like scratching to post, being like, "Oh, people thought Kirk couldn't do it." Like, and then like someone rolling their eyes and like Meryl Streep clapping and all this shit. Like I can't. <laughs> if you post that dude who's clapping and his mouth is like, ooh, like if you post that ginger fucking guy that's making that face, I won't have to find another co-host. I won't, is, do I, won't, I, won't, I won't do it. I won't do it. If we win the Super right. Bowl though, I'll take off my shirt and I'll put on the fake chains and all that stuff. <laughs> wow. Now we're talking. We'll be, we'll be right back with Kelsey McKinney. So we are back with Kelsey McKinney of Defector and of Normal Gossip. Let's do a little bit more uh, 2020 action. Uh, You get to decide, Kelsey, between answering one of two questions. Oh, okay. One question is, what's the favorite thing you wrote this year? Or what is the best thing you ate this year? You can pick either question. Great. Um, I'm going to go with eight because okay. I'm not capable of giving myself any compliments that I refuse to do so. Um, <laughs> this is not the place for that anyway. That's never been a problem for me, but that's okay. You know, the best thing I ate this year, there's this um, restaurant that's new this year, actually, in Philadelphia. I didn't know it was new because I'm also new to Philadelphia, um, called Mish Mish, and it's in, like, South Philly, Mm -hmm. and they have something on their menu called Armenian Armenian fried cheese, and it is, like, the only way I can explain it is, like, it comes out and it looks like a funnel cake, 
like it's like wrapped around in circles like a funnel cake and the breading is like really fluffy but the inside is like a mozzarella stick how do you eat it you tear it apart with your hands and you dunk it into marinara sauce does it have the caraway seed in it like the store armenian cheese Mm -hmm. yeah it's good cheese man so good like yeah that sounds pretty sick the first time we ordered it i was like we will have another string cheese um please just bring another one to the table (laughs) one more thank you (laughs) it's funny that you mentioned that i think for me that is always the sign that i'm in the part of my brain that's stupidest in a restaurant like i remember uh I think this, I don't even know if this was the best thing that I ate, but we went to uh, this place via Corota in New York City and got a very simple. This was the way that my wife and I would do it with restaurants that are hard to get into. Yeah, I mean, it is like all the stuff that is simplest there is best. The uh, experience that we had this time was it, it was July 4th or something like that. And we knew that uh, all the famous people that usually go there are, you know, shooting a movie or <laughs> on a beach. <laughs> But we're just walking around the rat basin we live in, and we're like, this is our big chance to eat dinner at the good restaurant. And we got, it was like a piece of of sea bream, just, you know, white fish grilled with, like, some sort of lemony, capery thing over, and over some escarole. It was, we were concerned initially, you know, we hadn't ordered enough, we definitely Mm -hmm. ordered enough. Within a couple of bites of it, I had the same proposal to my wife where I was like, you know, if we don't want to, if you don't want to look at the menu, if you just want to like send in an order for another one of these, (laughs) I'll finish this one. And then when the other one comes, you can have that. Wow. So generous (laughs) of you. (laughs) Right. But it was basically like, I could feel myself going from being someone who, you know, has opposable thumbs, higher order reasoning from time to time to just being my pet turtle. Which yeah. will eat anything that is floating in the tank. <laughs> that at that point it was, a, and it's there's something really uh, powerful about that experience yeah. of completely losing your shit because you're enjoying the food in your mouth so yeah. much. That's yeah, nice. that's a good. That's a good moment. I um, in March, uh, on a whim, we took the kids to New York. We got a hotel room. We found the one hotel room in New York that could fit five people in it. Usually, when I put that into Expedia, wow. Expedia's like, "Go fuck yourself." You're getting two rooms. <laughs> And we go with my sister. The weather's awful. Like, it's just like, it's the snow. It's snow, but it's not the fun snow. It's the shit snow. Yeah, yeah. which comes down as slush. Anyway, yeah, we go. New York classic. We go to Joe's uh, Home of Soup Dumplings in Midtown with my sister and her family. And we have soup dumplings. And I'm someone who, my mom tells me the story that they took us to, um, the Peking Duck House in New York City mm-hmm. when I was very young. And I had soupy buns for the first time. And my mom always makes fun of three-year-old me. She does an impression of me holding up like a bowling arm, most soupy bun. <laughs> and so we're there and my my 10-year-old is eating the soupy buns at this place. And he's like, he's like, these are amazing. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know what? This is the best goddamn soup dumpling I've ever had. And it was <laughs> so good that the boy just asks now, like every week, can we go to New York? Can we go to Joe's? Soup dumplings? And I'm like, no, boy, that takes planning and shit like that. And he's like, yeah. oh, oh. But that's it was, elite it was a mindset, though. I want yeah, that. But that's me with the string cheese. And I'm yep. way older than him. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's so much fun that's, to be like that. Though. We've got a couple of spots like that, too, where, you know, various tasks that you need to do as an adult to me are all in my head. It's the 10-year-old Drew's son yeah. voice being like, that's within 13 blocks of the taco that you like. Don't you think you should see? <laughs> like, which is, you I know, do. I don't know. I'm still proud I'm of in, it. I'm in yeah. shape, but I still think of uh, planning in like food terms. Like, okay, how many days away am I from like this taco? You know, or, yeah. you know, I, I'm going to, it's like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to uh, New York. It's like, oh, I'm going to get a slice of Joe's, like. Mm-hmm. And then New York will I'll be around. I'll need a place to it. sleep after that. Yeah. But yes. Listen, I am like queen of you get your food reservation first and then you can book a hotel. Like yeah. the hotel, whatever. Who Look cares? at you. <laughs> yeah. That's inc- The reservation, I, you got to book that in advance. Oh, I got to tell you that uh, uh, my wife and I were taking the kids away for Christmas and we're leaving on Christmas Eve. And I got text from my mom yesterday, yesterday being Tuesday. Uh-huh. And she was saying, have you packed yet? And I said, no, no. <laughs> like, we're not leaving until Saturday, mom. We'll pack on Friday. And she yeah. texts back, she texts back, cutting it close. And I'm which is like, <laughs> so, so painfully on brand for my mom. She was like, her next text was, 
I was like, sure, Texas was. I pack weeks in advance. And I said, weeks. I said, Mom, I'd expect weeks. nothing less of you. And she was like, LOL. And but like, my mom is very much like, if she's going on a trip a year from now, like she's like if she has a party a year from now, the table's already set. Like she's already, uh, like everything has to like you have wow. to be prepared right now. And I know that in twenty years. That's going to be me. I'm already the motherfucker who shut it up to the airport two hours early just to make sure. So like <laughs> in 20 years, I'm just going to live at the airport. I'm just going to be a yep. hobo in the terminal being like, I can't miss my flight to Columbus. Or just like keep a permit. If you're, if you're doing as well as I hope you're doing in 20 years, you'll just have a room at the Holiday Inn Express near the airport yeah, constantly booked. Yeah, I'll just year. own it. <laughs> I'll just yep. buy yeah. the fucking Your hotel. Pied a terre. Um, I'm like a very organized person, but for stuff like that, I'm like, they have toothbrushes in New York. If I forget one, I'll just buy another one. And this is yeah. how I end up places like without any shirts. And it's like, okay, well now I have to wear like one shirt for the next I did that one. My biggest fuck up ideal. was <laughs> my biggest fuck up, Kelsey, was I flew to your home state and went to Austin for business. And I forgot to pack any underwear. Yeah, classic. And so I was like, and that was the first time I'd ever done I was like, oh, fuck. Well, I, I can't. I'm not going to go commando for a whole week. No, I'm, you're going to so, go to a store. Luckily, they have those in Austin. So I went to a so. store, but I was in downtown Austin. And like the only the only store was like, it wasn't like a basic store. It was like something in the Brooks Brothers like genre. So yeah. it was like the only so thing they bought, had. Like, fancy underwear. Nice. All they had were like <laughs> like form-fitting white boxer briefs, which is a mistake for me on like nine different levels. And I was like, well, do you have any underpants for like normal looking guys? These are hot guy underpants. I don't wear that. I love that. I love the boxer briefs are just like. They exist now because just like the manufacturers are like, well, you're swole and handsome. Surely you <laughs> would look good in boxer briefs. And I yeah. don't. I, no. I look like I look like somebody getting on a bike for the first time and about to fall off. I was gonna say, like, I don't want anything that gives the same impression as like, do you remember that BuzzFeed video where they kept putting rubber bands around a watermelon oh and yeah. it up? Oh yeah. Like that's not I don't want my torso to look like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I swam in swim meets as a kid. I know that feeling. I absolutely know that feeling all too well. Uh let's uh do a cursory nod to current sports doings before we do a, like the guy of the week in the fun bag. Uh Kelsey McKinney, uh yes. how many times did you poop yourself during the World Cup final between Argentina? Luckily and zero times. Um, wow. No, I know. No pooping. Uh, blessed. Impressive. Absolutely blessed. But I did catch myself like I had zero investment in this game. Like I had already lost the like pool. I had bet all my like emotional money on Portugal. So I was like out of it. But I caught myself like during the game watching it like through my fingers the way that people do in movies. And I, wow. like, I don't think I've ever done that before. And I was like, what is happening? I was like, I don't care about this game as I'm like crunched over with my hands on top of my face watching them shoot penalty kicks. Yeah, <laughs> that's like same the, for me. That's it, like the. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, as somebody who, I, I mean, I care about soccer during the World Cup. I don't mm -hmm. follow it hardly yeah. at all the rest of the year. I was having the same experience and I went onto the you know the work slack to sort of check with people afterwards I was like that's the like the best fucking soccer game that's ever happened right and I was very yeah. heartened by them being like yeah like I think so probably <laughs> like which because it was unreal like I could not it, and again as somebody who at like you had no real investment beyond like I thought it would be cool if if Messi won yeah. a world cup yeah but, like, it wouldn't have ruined my day if he didn't. It wouldn't have changed my right. afternoon if he didn't. And yet, like, it absolutely uh, had me wrapped. Yeah, because for the first 80 minutes, it was sort of a fait accompli. It was like, okay, well, this mm -hmm. will be nice. Like, yeah. like, it'll be like, and I was just coming off a very strenuous sporting event. So I was like, okay, well, this will be like a relatively <laughs> sedate affair. Oh, really? And it what happened with the Vikings, Drew? For the last, like, 40 <laughs> or 50 minutes, it was not that. And I realized that. What's funny is that I realized watching this World Cup that I shout entirely different things during a soccer game than I do during a football game. Yeah. So, like, during a football game, it's like, get rid of it! Like, I just scream, get rid of it, 5,000 times as the quarterback. <laughs> but during a soccer game, I realized that I scream, okay, the, the first thing I scream is, dude! I scream that <laughs> all the time. And then I, then I scream, and I don't plan this. I go, I say, oh, my word! Like... <laughs> <laughs> like I'm Will Leach, like I, 
like I grew up like on a farm or something. I'd like, just, yeah. oh, heavens like to Rebecca Betsy. Lowe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a totally different like instinctive aesthetic, and I don't understand it at well. all. But I, I, I screamed, "Oh my word!" and dude, five thousand times during the end of that match. It well. was just fantastic. Heavens to Betsy. Heavens to Betsy. <laughs> Uh, your guy of the week, uh, Kelsey McKinney, in your honor. It's a layup. It's Ricky Williams. Remember that oh, guy, Kelsey? What a guy. How could I forget? What King of Texas God. football. Didn't he? Oh, I'm going to be really embarrassed if this is wrong. But I think that he played minor league baseball while he played football at Texas. Which I is think just that's like actually correct. Fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was. He, he was. There were certain guys who um, were such a blast to watch in college that it utterly absolves yeah. some of their professional failings. Like Ricky Williams is one. Reggie Bush is absolutely another. Yeah. yeah. I um, think people of, if you ask Dave McKenna, he'd say it about Herschel Walker. And yeah. that's a lot of fucking failings to make up for. Yeah. And yet like apparently was basically yeah. the coolest college player that anyone had ever seen to that point. Yeah. Uh, I think of Williams as being that guy until I think of Reggie Bush as being that mm-hmm. guy. I think that those are the, the absolute right answers there. Yeah. I mean, Bush was, they had a hard time figuring out sort of how to let him do his stuff in the NFL. I think the game, I think he would have an easier time now because I think that mm-hmm. the game is sort of a little less hidebound than it was, you know, just 10 years ago. Williams had a very good NFL career. It just was, you know, the type of career that you have as a very, very high draft pick. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's like a great running back that winds up on a shitty team that mortgage its future to get him. Yeah. And that's, there's only so much you know, right. and you're playing for Mike Ditka who can't, and you're playing for Mike Ditka. So he's like, what we do here is you run off tackle. That's like anything else is socialism. And you, and and you're, and you're (laughs) right. And you're right. The tail end of the, of the era of weed shaming. So you're like, you're smoking weed. Like people are like, Oh my God. Well, who's he been hanging out with? If he's smoking pot. (laughs) Right. God forbid. And now, now now he's like, actually I run a, I run a marijuana uh, conglomerate now because I'm Ricky Williams. (laughs) I was thinking about this during the Vikings game, actually, because I, you know, I, I only started watching the NFL, like maybe 10 years ago, I grew up in a college football only land. Um, and I was stunned when they were like, oh, this is the, no one has ever come back from a 30 point deficit because I was like, people come back from 30 point deficits, like twice in one game right. in college. That's football, just like, yeah, that's like, the constant. Yeah. Yeah. And like Ricky Williams, I was like, like, thinking about him in conjunction with this, it's like Ricky Williams could have come back from a 30 point deficit just like by himself. If he just yep. like came off the bench in college, it was like, Oh great. Now we'll win. <laughs> just, yeah. There, I mean, I've seen, I've seen college games where like a team will fall behind 21, nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, that's nothing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it is right. nothing. They could still win 56, 21. Like you like, never yeah. know. <laughs> like every those games where like Bama falls behind like 14, nothing at the half. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> you're like, yeah, you know they're gonna win sixty three to fourteen. Yeah. Like it happens. You can all just the hear games. every dad going, "But is their bench as deep? Their bench can't be as deep as Bama's. There's no yeah. way." No. <laughs> I have this. I like it's almost entirely like a meta experience of watching college football too. Because I don't. I watch you know the uh, the championships and stuff, and I watched yeah. some Michigan this year just because that's the closest thing I have to like mm-hmm. a rooting allegiance. My sister went there. Yeah. Uh, in big time football, and they were good, but they're. The experience of watching people watch college football online is always really funny because anybody can be down at the half to Northwestern. And even though people know, like all of the things that you both just said are demonstrably true. Everybody that watches college football or just is familiar with what it is knows that they're true. Mm -hmm. And yet people can't not post where they're sort of like, not Michigan getting blown out by Northwestern (laughs) at the half, LOL. And like, (laughs) whatever. Right. I hope they're having fun. Because the Twitter algorithm is so bad, too, you'll see that tweet like three hours later after Michigan has won by like 14 points. And you're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, which is always nice, too. Yeah, they they love to Have you not switched to show latest tweets, Kelsey? I have some of them. Like, I have them on my phone, but not on my computer. So I'm living in a wild west. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, let's get into the fun bag. Uh, Kelsey, you're going to answer this one because Rolf Uh-oh. has to recuse himself from it. Ben <gasps> writes in, I've followed Defector for several years and just now feel like I'm getting familiar with David Roth's expansive yet strangely particular lexicon. What are your mm. most favorite and least favorite phrases that Roth uses all the time? I'm going to, I'm going to restrict oh, this to the most. 
for the sake of Roth. I don't want to hurt Roth's feelings. Damn, this is a hard question because Roth's vocabulary is like 500 times bigger than mine. So like whenever half the words you use, I have to like look up. I'm like, what is this word? I don't know her. So hmm, I'm trying to think. I don't think that's true. It is true. I, I actually don't think about it in terms of vocabulary. I always think of Roth using uh, the word fragrant to describe people or yeah. situations <laughs> as opposed to yeah. actual things that are emitting an odor like that. That to me is a Roth. And then, of course, wetness. Wet, wetness and dampness, like the dew points of various people's <laughs> brains. <laughs> like that to me is very Roth-esque. And I, I have always enjoyed that. You yeah. honor me. I appreciate that. Uh, the best yeah, part about um, being edited by Roth, I would like, I've not had you edit very many of my stories, but the ones that you have, it's like always fun because I go back and read it and I'm like, wow, I'm like, this is a great line. And then I'm like, I did not write this. Roth, Roth that is this. not <laughs> necessarily it's true. Beautiful. The thing that you have that everybody that gets edited by me has as an experience is sending me something being like, I think it's a little shaggy, but you'll figure mm-hmm. it out or whatever. And then I send it back and it's 250 words longer. Yeah. And that's a we really- like that. <laughs> Do you? Because it feels like one of those things that if you were to make up a mean joke about what it would be like to put someone with my personality in (laughs) even a mild position of authority, that's what it is. That's a writer's editor right there, though. Oh, you add that We love it. (laughs) The other thing I'm inclined to steal from Roth is um, whenever he puts uh, ironic quotes around something, like, uh, you know, this is, quote unquote, not what you want, or or the, uh, you know... Or the blank difference, like the uh, yeah. the Mike McCarthy difference. That's the Mike McCarthy difference. Those are always I'm o- it always overjoys me to see that Thank stuff. You. Yeah. Look, now we've made him very uncomfortable. Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah now that we've made Roth uncomfortable, we have to have a normal, stupid, fun bag question. This is from JD. Uh, he writes in Kelsey walking on a sidewalk or in a grocery aisle. Do you keep right? Treating it like a two-way road so that walkers coming toward you are on your left? Because I've noticed a lot of fellow walkers flaunt this unwritten rule, walking on the wrong side like a British person. Mm. It can lead to awkward near collisions where both walkers try to switch lanes. Kelsey, do you stay in your lane, so to speak, when you're grocery shopping? Like a British person, I find very funny. Um, I'm trying to think. Yes, I feel like I do. But the problem with the grocery store in general is that you can go down the lanes from different directions. So right. like the right side of the lane is different based on like where you're, no, that's not true, is it? That's not how sides work. It would still be the right side of the lane. It's fine. Um, <laughs> well, the problem with the grocery store a- is the carts. And I am like not a cart person for this exact reason because I do not like in the grocery store when you can't get around someone else because you both have your cart and you're both on the wrong side. That's a nightmare to me. So I just have my little basket. Do you ever get the basket too heavy and you're like, oh God. Every time. Literally every time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Where you're like, oh shit, I've I've really played myself here. Like I'm training my shoulders. I've I've gotten the basket so heavy that I go over to the cart and I just put the whole basket into the cart (laughs) and it stays. In the car like that. <laughs> then you push it around. <laughs> yep. This is my little friend. I filled it with milk. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> I think that I don't know that I think about etiquette at the supermarket until I encounter someone who yeah. is not following it. And then there is definitely a part of me that's like, your first fucking time in a dairy aisle? Oh, interesting. Like, which is terrible. Like, I should be a little, if I'm not thinking about it until I notice that it's wrong, I should probably be more forgiving, but I am not. There are, there are people who park their carts all fucked up, like sideways, like in the middle yeah. of the aisle. And I'm like, motherfucker, like, yeah, are you in the combat me? parking? Like a police yeah. officer parking on the sidewalk? Come on. Utterly, utterly irresponsible. Hey, uh. We got to wrap it up, uh, but before we do, um, we have some some news to tell you guys. This uh, we have been with Stitcher and uh, by um, by association SiriusXM uh, for all two years. We've done this podcast. Um, that will not be the case uh, going forward in twenty twenty three. We're going to move to a new production company, um, but that means we're going to say goodbye um, to some people. And uh, so, oh, shit. Um, uh, uh, the first person that we want to thank is, is Daisy Rosario, who's no longer at Stitcher anymore, but, um, Daisy and her team are the people who initially reached out to us, to Roth and me before Defector started. And we were able to start this podcast and the money that Roth and I, 
um, got from our contract with Stitcher initially, uh, and we invested in um, the launch of Defector. And so I think in a lot of ways, Defector itself would not exist without Daisy Rosario and without um, without our producer, uh, Brandon Nix, who's going to come on to the podcast now. And uh, Brandon, we want, you wanted to say something and then we wanted to say thank you. So yeah. come on, unmute your mic, amp style, and join us, <laughs> Mr. Brandon Nix. Hey, what's, what's up, everybody? Um, I just want to give a couple thank yous uh, before we end this show today. First off, I want to thank the engineer team, uh, Jared O'Connell, Casey Holford, Marcus Hom. Thank you guys. You guys have been a big help. Shout out to the marketing team. Uh, big shout out to Amelda Skinder. Hopefully I said that correctly. Thank you to the publishing team over at Stitcher. Thank you, Katie Baker. Thank you, Dalton Maltz and Devin Trainer. Um, special thank you to those guys because there have been certain nights where I, we've had certain certain titles or descriptions needed to be changed. <laughs> so uh, thank you to those guys for working with us. Appreciate you. A special thank you to all of Defector. Um, a special shout out to Jasper Wayne. It's been a pleasure, my man. Um, hopefully I'll see you down the road. A special thank you to all the producers that have helped with this show. Uh, Nora Ritchie, Chantel Holder, and a special, special, special thank you to Corinne Wallace. Thank you, hope you're doing well. Um, a special thank you to Stitcher and SiriusXM. And my last shout out, Daisy Rosario. Thank you, thank you so much. Without you, none of us knuckleheads would be here. Um, we wouldn't have done this show for the last two years. So thank you so much, Daisy. The show has changed yeah. my life and I appreciate you guys. And also to you, you two, Drew and Rolf, thank you guys so much. It's been a pleasure working with you guys. Yeah, hopefully I'll see you guys down the road somewhere. Uh, yeah, same I, dude. I think One of the great privileges of uh, my professional life. So thank you for everything that you did and to underline Drew's point too, uh, we're very grateful for the faith that you all uh, showed in us and for letting us do this shit for two years. So thanks. We are in your debt. Uh, this will be the last time I, I read these end credits. So uh, pardon me if I I get a little choked up. Before I read them, I should note that um, we're going to go dark um, for the rest of the year. And then we're going to return uh, probably in the middle of January. Uh, I don't think that's quite set yet. But uh, you, if you subscribe to Defector already, or if you just if you uh, subscribe to the distraction already, you won't have to do anything. It'll still appear in your feed and all that stuff. Nothing else will change. It just you won't. Uh, everything will be just a little bit different. But you'll still get me and Roth being as stupid as we usually are. Brandon Nix and Chantel Holder are our producers. Nora Ritchie is our executive producer. Our theme song is by Kirk Hamilton. You can listen to ad-free episodes of the distraction. Only on Stitcher Premium. And thanks to us, you can get a free month of Stitcher Premium right now. Just go to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code DISTRACT. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen. And go subscribe to defector.com too while you're at it. Kelsey McKinney, thank you for joining us. Brandon, uh, Daisy, we love you. And uh, thank you guys so much. It's It's been a pleasure. And uh, we'll see you guys in 2023. Thank you. 